listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Now my final guest this evening is Karen Coakley, aka Ken Mare Foodie. Karen's passion for cooking and supporting Irish food producers has led her to setting up a thriving business that includes food tours and WhatsApp cooking classes. So if you're hosting Christmas this year, Karen has some great advice for you. Let's find out more. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Karen, lovely to have you back on the programme. It's been a while now since we last spoke. You have been a busy bunny. It has been a while, Sharon. And yeah, I have been busy. Things have kind of escalated for me here in Kinmare, but escalated in a very good way, thankfully. So you have a whole range of tours now. You started with Ken Mayer food tours, but it has it has expanded into your your home county of Cork and obviously Killarney then as well. Yeah, so this year I launched my Killarney food tour because I just think post-COVID, Killarney has come out of it like just, I think COVID did some towns bad and some towns good. And Killarney has really come out of COVID for the better. I mean, I've always loved Killarney. We used to holiday there when I was a child. I have always had a special place in my heart for it. But the food scene and just the attitude is it's just fantastic there at the moment you know and they're very proactive about sustainability and tourism and just looking after the national park and looking after everything that makes Killarney what it is and you have this whole new food scene that has emerged there and they have that disposable cup free town campaign as well where they don't do the the coffee cups that you just put in the bin when you're finished with them that's a huge initiative and they're the first um, town in Ireland to actually do that and it would be great to see other towns follow I suppose what Killarney is putting out there or you know the sustainable approach that they're taking to tourism so with the keep cups or the go cups you just you know you can bring your own cup I think or you can buy the cup um, when you buy the coffee but then when you go down the road you can drop it into the next coffee shop and you can get money back on it so it's a fantastic idea and I think the figures that they had for the amount of cups that were being disposed of in the national park were shocking and I think that's what made them really stop and think and say look the national park is what makes Killarney it's special to us it's special to the area I mean I drove through the national park this morning to get to the NCT test and every time I drive through it I just kind of just get it just makes me feel alive you know so it's great to see the initiative there to look after that and I like I love Killarney as well but I always felt it it was lacking in good restaurants I suppose it would have been, but um, no, that's changed. And I think when you, the thing about a food tour, whether you do the Khmer food tour or the Killarney food tour, is you're scratching beneath the surface. I mean, the amount of people who come on Khmer foodie tours and they say to me, oh my God, we've really got a sense of the town, the community, the stories, because that's what my food tours are. They're telling you the stories behind the food. You're meeting the people. You're learning about the families who grew up in the towns and worked with tourism or worked with food and then also I suppose particularly where we live um, such a mix of people because they come to the area to work in hotels or to train in restaurants and then they end up falling in love with the area and just staying there so they all bring something to the table that makes the food culture where I am can Mayor Killarney and even into West Cork just something that is really really special and very different. 
you're so passionate about it and you've always been passionate about it. And I think it's great that you've been able to turn a hobby into a real thriving business. It's funny because I did another interview during the week and about the food tours. And like I had to say, I still don't see it as a business. I still see it as a hobby. I still have not got my business hat on because I love them so much. Um, last year was my busiest year so far. I didn't run them during COVID because so they started in 2018. So I ran them in 2018 and 2019. Started them in 2018. And I remember talking to you, Sharon, and picking your brains about like food tours and the same with Kate Ryan, who was running Clannacilty food tours. And you both kind of advised me and um, just ran them. It was supposed to be one day a week to get me out of the house, out of the kitchen and away from the kids. And now I have like my public tours, but I also have a lot of private bookings. So they come from, let's say, high-end American clients or they come from corporate bookings. I've had um, Quinlan's Seafood, actually. They did their staff party, my last food tour this year, and I had 38 of them on that, and we had such a great time. But I keep saying my food tours, they're not about me. They're about my producers and my producers in my Killarney tour and my Khmer tour and my Bite of Beira tour are incredible. And and you're you're very much into your fitness now as well. So you've created a tour which is hike and bite. Hike and bite. Now I kind of started that during COVID and I let it drop this year because I wanted to focus on Killarney and building the Killarney tour. Um, so the hike and bite, I'm kind of thinking of bringing it back again for the springtime, you know, January, February, when people are just bursting to get out. So basically that was um, like you sign up and I would take you for a hike and then we would go for lunch afterwards or food afterwards and the emphasis on local produce. So one of the ones that I absolutely loved, it started at Helen's Bar out of Kilmacalog Pier. I don't know if you're familiar with Kilmacalog, the most jaw-dropping, beautiful place out in uh, the Bear Peninsula, out in Tusist. And there's a loop walk that goes up the hill behind Helen's. And then it comes down and it comes in the coast road. So you're walking along this beautiful coastal road and you're looking across at the Ring of Kerry. You can see Carantu and you can see all the mountains. And it is just so, so, so beautiful. And of course, the Bear Peninsula, it's just, I just think it's unspoiled. It is nothing compares to the Bear Peninsula because you've got this rugged coastline, you've got the sea and it's totally like unspoiled. And that's what I love about it. And then we do that hike and then we go back to Helen's and we have burgers, Beira Belty's burgers. They are Stephen Gloucester Sullivan has rare breed cows. They're about 10 minutes from um, Helen's or we have mussels, um, Cara Daly's mussels. We also do that on the Bite of Beira tour. We go and we meet Stephen with his cows. They get to feed him bread. So if you take 20 Americans, stand them on the side of the mountain, they get to meet Stephen, who's the local guard, a sergeant in Castletown Bear, and then they get to feed him bread. And the last tour that I had them on, they met his grandmother. She is 94, I think, Maureen, and she still opens the door of two cyst post office every single day. So before I knew it, they'd all piled into the post office to say hello to Maureen, completely spontaneous. But that's the best of like a food tour in that they're getting to see the real Ireland and meet the real people. So a great sense of community there. And you yourself, you've created a great community of people from all over Ireland and possibly beyond with your WhatsApp cooking groups. And some of those people have come down to visit you in Kenmare as well. Yeah, so the WhatsApp cooking groups, I mean, that was just 
bananas in a brilliant way during COVID. Again, it was just something to do to keep me sane because the two older boys who are now 30 and 26 moved home during COVID. So there was six of us living in the house together and it was it was fabulous. We learned how to get on with each other and how to live together as adults. But it meant my kitchen was constantly in use and there was always people around. So the WhatsApp group was just a notion that I got as a way to kind of just distract me. So basically they run for a month at a time. I'm doing a Christmas one, incidentally, starting on the 14th of December, running for a week. And it's just to get people ready for Christmas, so that everything is prepped in any freezer before Christmas Day. But the idea of the WhatsApp groups is they literally signed up to a home cooking group via WhatsApp. I could have had 30 people in one group at a time. And the whole focus was food. Now, we weren't allowed to talk about COVID. So it was a great way for people to switch off from everything that was happening in the outside world. And that was the feedback that I got. We had to keep it all food related. So they got a meal plan every Monday. I did two or three cooking videos there. And then I would just check in every day to see how they were doing. They'd put up pictures of their dinner. And it was just fantastic to see people who like came to you at the start of the month and they were totally stuck in a rut. Like we all, even me, I get stuck in a rut with what to cook. And then at the end of the month, they had this meal plan. They had 20 different recipes that they got every Monday. They had recipe videos, but they were building their own community. So, yes, one of the WhatsApp groups, they were the March 2021 WhatsApp group. Um, They were probably the noisiest of the lot of them, like the WhatsApp groups. If they weren't talking about food, it was fine. But I was looking like this crowd. My phone was constantly pinging and I was thinking, how am I going to tell them just to stay quiet? Anyway, that summer, I ended up kind of being drawn back into the conversation with them. And they're now no longer the WhatsApp group. They're just a group of friends. And the lovely thing is that they come to Khmer about three times a year. We do a hike, we go for dinner and we have a night out in town. But the husbands come as well. So it's now you have a group of women who joined as strangers, a cooking group um, via WhatsApp. They're now the best of friends. They meet in Khmer about three times a year and the husbands come along. And we have had one day out in Bantry. Actually, we went to Whitty Island and we did a walk and we had lunch and the husbands weren't allowed to come and they were actually very upset. So it's just it's it's fantastic. And I'm 50 next week. So I had a weekend in Dingle with the WhatsApp group girls, you know, and it's just we were all strangers. We're heading up to three years now. And it's just we talk, you know, it's just life now. We help each other through there's been deaths, you know, everything. We're there for each other. That's fantastic, Karen. And what I'd say to anybody out there is that if they are starting to look at Christmas and they're maybe starting to get a bit panicked, they'd be in very safe hands with you for that week. Because years ago, whenever we would have spoken on the programme regularly, we would have talked about Christmas. And you're a great woman for, for being prepared and getting things into the freezer early enough. Have you been able to start it now? Because your boys are much older now. Um, I don't know if that means that they're more helpful or they're maybe hungrier. So there's more cooking to, to be done. Have you done any prep for Christmas yet? Darren, they're certainly not more helpful, but they're definitely hungrier. <laughs> um, no, I haven't started yet, but I did buy my sausage meat yesterday. So because I have been busy all along with the tours winding down and even admin and I'm taking bookings for next year. But from Monday next week, I have like a clear run in. So I'm setting aside time to vote for the WhatsApp group, the Christmas group. The slow, I'm calling it Slow Christmas and also to get myself um, prepped. So for me, the secret to a happy Christmas in my house where I'm not stressed and taking the heads off everybody is I have everything ready in advance. So I 
Come the end of next week, I will have my sausage meat stuffing in the freezer. I have to make about three times the recipe for that because it's the one thing that they just kill each other over. They will be war in my house over the sausage meat stuffing and who's had the most and who's had the crispiest bits. My same with my bread stuffing. I make a lovely apricot and hazelnut stuffing that'll be cooked and in the freezer. My red cabbage will be in the freezer. Another very simple one. And it's I love mashed carrot and parsnip. It's just so simple and so old fashioned. But if you're looking for something very, very handy, that's another one that you can make in advance and you can have it in the freezer. Now, even if you don't want to have that ready for Christmas Day, it's a handy one to have for Stephen's Day. So let's say you want to go very fancy for Stephen's Day and you're kind of going, I don't want to do mashed carrot and parsnip. Do it anyway, get into the freezer. And if you're running low on veg on St. Stephen's Day, it will save you having to add extra veg. You know, you can put it with the leftovers. Is your sausage stuffing, is that a recipe from your mother-in-law? Yes, and that's actually up on my website as well. Um, I didn't have sausage meat stuffing growing up. Mom was always potato stuffing and bed, bread stuffing. And then my mom-in-law is in Ballady Hub and I went to Ballady Hub and I had that and it just literally blew me away knocked my socks off as they say and the amount of people who cook that friends of mine somebody was even saying to me recently that um they it's the recipe they use all the time now but as well so that's the freezer side of it sorted but then also christmas eve i will prep as much as i can and i just think the whole thing is keep it simple you know it's one day um and there's a big emphasis on you know santa claus he's very important um but it's just to kind of not take away from the magic by getting so caught up in what to cook. Um, for us, our starter Christmas Day, and it's the one thing they love, and it's as easy as can be. So we'll have this at about 12 o'clock. We just do like a mega cheese platter. Like who doesn't love a sharing platter of cheese and charcuterie? So I will buy always. It'll be have to be local cheese, the best cheese that I can. So Heidi Rhines is a fabulous shop we have here in Khmer. So I'll go into the Bean and Aiden and I'll get my local cheese. And I'll get my salamis. They have Olivier on the wild side. They have hit salamis. I'll get some hummus that they have inside there as well. And just keep it simple and crackers. I might throw a little prawn cocktail into shot glasses. But again, you can have that, the prawns mixed up with the, the ketchup and the mayonnaise the evening before. Have that done on Christmas Day. So that Christmas morning, all you're doing is taking out your small little shot glasses. You can have your cat, your your lettuce chopped up. So that goes into the bottom of the glass. Then put your prawn cocktail on top and... The beauty of it is, is we kind of just stand around the, the breakfast counter at the island and we just eat that. So there's no sitting down at the table, having a starter, resetting the table, washing up. It's just very, very easy. And a glass of champagne, of course, with that to start the day. Sounds fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. And I'd say the sausage meat stuffing is probably something that Vincent, your husband, loved growing up. Now you loved it. And so you introduced it to your Christmas dinner. And I think there is something about boys and their mommy's Christmas dinner that nobody will ever make a Christmas dinner like their mother. And it's one True. that will definitely bring them home every year is for their, their mommy's Christmas dinner. And then we have a birthday in the house Christmas Day as well. Adon, the second guy, he'll be 26 on Christmas Day. And he, I think out of all of them, is the biggest lover of Christmas dinner because he just, when he was younger, saw it as how lucky am I? I get to have this for my birthday. Um, but yeah, it is. It's about it's about making memories. And I think that's something that I've said with me. I mean, I'm not a chef. I've no training in food. I literally just cooked my way out of the kitchen and I devoted 
their younger years of just being at home and cooking for them because number one I wanted to know what they were eating and what was going into their bodies and I had the time because I was at home but then number two I just have a huge connection with food and with memories and my childhood memories and fantastic people that I loved that you know made my life wonderful and enhanced it through food so I just wanted to be that when I'm not with them there'll always be a taste or a smell or something that will trigger a memory and that will connect me with them. I know it's only food and that sounds very sentimental, but I'm not always going to be there, but I will always be with them through food, if that makes sense. Absolutely, sure. That's, that's lovely. So it is, Karen. So you've talked about the starter and the main course and the champagne on Christmas Day. What about desserts? What do you do for dessert? So because we have a birthday, um, I always end up getting like a birthday cake for him. So I never really make dessert. Mom might make sure I trifle. But let me tell you, Sharon, I was in Sebastian a few weeks ago. So I am working with Fall to Ireland who are developing um, the it's the DEDP for Kenmare and West Cork. So it's to develop food tourism in that whole area. And I'm involved in that. Absolutely delighted. But we were sent to San Sebastian to the UNWTO um, it was the World Forum on Gastronomic Tourism. So, of course, when you're in San Sebastian for a few nights, you have to do all the pink salts, all the little bars. And we found the um, original restaurant that created the Basque cheesecake, the burnt Basque cheesecake. Well, holy God, it like puts Sherry Trifle into the shade. So you have this cheesecake, Sharon, like it's just like nothing we have ever tasted before. And then they pour sherry over it. But the sherry, I actually brought it back from San Sebastian because I am going to be making the burnt Basque cheesecake. And I have the sherry. So that's going to be our dessert this year for Christmas Day. I have never tasted anything like it. And the sherry, it's an aged sherry. So it's syrupy. It's almost like prune. It is out of this world. And you pour that over this gorgeous cheesecake. And oh, my God. You're so excited about that. You're <laughs> in your voice. <laughs> I am actually. That's the thing I'm most excited about this year: the sausage meat stuffing and the Basque cheesecake. It sounds like a fabulous dinner, and I think for anybody out there that is maybe taking it on Christmas dinner on for the first time, if they do want to see your recipes or maybe sign up to the WhatsApp cooking group, where's the best place for them to go to? So my website is kinmerfoodies.com. So you can book food tours there. You can buy vouchers for food tours there. Actually, I'm kind of pushing those as the perfect Christmas gift for the foodie in your life. And then you can sign up to the home cooking group, which starts on the 14th of December. We're going to have lots of fun, lots of cooking. And I guarantee that by the time you finish it, you will have like Christmas completely sorted. Even little things like getting your potatoes ready the day before, the vegetables to do to kind of make it all easy the day before. I do not believe in peeling potatoes Christmas morning. Absolutely not. Anybody no. that's that is absolutely crazy. Like, I know some people that do. Oh, that's madness now, because I, I'd always have all the veg prepped the day before. It might not be cooked, but it is prepped. I could I could think of nothing worse than peeling potatoes on Christmas Day morning. I know, I just, I can't. But even the gravy. That can all be done and in the freezer beforehand. And I make my own gravy and it is divine. And once you make a gravy from start to finish, you'll never, ever buy a gravy again. So easy. And I did hear a chef, I can't remember which chef it was, was saying about 
that exact thing about making your own gravy and if you're doing a roast chicken between now and Christmas to do an egg Always. and use that um, to make your gravy for Christmas Day. And the gravy will freeze perfectly. So like that, I was busy yesterday. So I just kind of like threw a chicken into the oven with potatoes around it. And then I had gravy, homemade gravy in the freezer, just in a freezer bag that I took out, defrosted it. And we had like, like what day was it? The middle of the week, the most lovely roast chicken dinner. And the gravy makes all the difference. And gravy can make or break a dinner. Oh, absolutely. Couldn't <laughs> Believe it or not. Couldn't agree more with you. Karen, brilliant to talk to you. Thanks so much for, for taking the time. And I was going to wish you a happy Christmas, but I better wish you a happy birthday first. Yeah, the big one. <laughs> Look, it's another great decade. I can I can speak from experience in that. So brilliant, enjoy, Karen. enjoy the birthday celebrations and the Christmas celebrations and best of luck with the tours and the WhatsApp cooking groups for 2024. Brilliant. Thank you, Sharon. As always, a pleasure. You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM.